Hi there, welcome to episode 3 of the Peter J. Thompson podcast. This is a little bit of an experiment. I've been playing around with recording some of the old blog posts that I've written and just learning a little bit more about podcasting as a format. And it's a really interesting way of, I guess, having a conversation in a different setting. So it's a chance for you, if you're listening along, uh, to be listening in the car. Um, I know I listen to podcasts and audiobooks when I'm driving or when I'm commuting, so um, I've always wanted to try the format out, and uh, this seemed like a really good opportunity to do it. So um, I'm just going back through a couple of old um, blog posts that I've written, which I think have got some really interesting content. It's a good excuse to go back and look over uh, where things were when I was first getting started with um, blogging, and use that as a little bit of a starting point for how I want to get into podcasting and what some of the topics are that would be really interesting for us to cover. So I'm really interested in hearing your feedback, so if you want to hit me up, I'm on at Peter J. Thompson on Twitter, or you can email me on peter at peterjthompson.com. So the two blog posts that I wanted to touch on today are both from uh, February in 2009, and uh, picking up on um, the last episode, uh, episode two, we were talking about how to justify an investment in design and innovation inside a cynical business where maybe there isn't a lot of appreciation of the value of kind of uh, good quality design uh, and actually being able to describe it in business and financial terms. And actually, today's two articles kind of pick up on that theme. So the first article is called Accounting for Innovation, and it's from February 2009. It's surprisingly easy to use accounting to measure the impact of design. In accounting terms, the impact of your design project will be similar to the quote-unquote economic impact that we discussed last time, but the language that you use to articulate the impact will be a little different. So from a design perspective, you need to apply some empathy to your use of terminology. It might not be fun, but like driving a car on a windy road, you'll need to treat your accountant the way that you want to be treated if you're going to get the best from them. And so wherever you are in the world, the technical terms uh, for accounting might differ a little bit, but your financial controller, chief financial officer, and your accountant will be interested in any project, no matter where they are, in a project that can do one of six things. So either one, increase your top line revenue, two, lower your cost of goods sold, three, deliver a higher contribution margin or gross margin, Four, lower your overheads from capital costs. Five, create more earnings before interest and tax. That's net profit. Um, Or six, ensure an ongoing positive cash flow. Now, while all of those things sound related, they're actually all slightly different. So each of these areas are important to design innovation. What you might notice is whistling from the word is quote-unquote profit. And that's because in today's business climate, that profit is an opinion but cash is a fact. What that means is that profit can often be misstated or manipulated for accounting purposes. The fact is, the projects that you're looking at in terms of design and innovation are going to be about increasing return on investment and generating more revenue and more cash for the business. So designing the business case for a new product is an integral part of bringing something new to life. For an idea to be sustainable, it needs to fit into the company's aspirations, investment profile, and business model. And that's the end of that article. So that was from February 2009, and I think that still pretty much stands up. 
I think um, these days you probably get less pushback from wanting to make those design and innovation investments, but I think it's still true that it's worth being able to articulate the value of what you're thinking about in financial and in, in accounting terms. And it's worth understanding how those levers play into a project and some of the new products or new services that you'd be looking at creating. So I think that one stands up pretty well. Um, let's have a quick look at the other article that I published in 2009 on the same topic, but actually funnily enough, um, while it's the same subject, it's an interesting slightly different take and it, it's interesting now in 2016 looking back because the title of this post is How Far Has the Economic Case for Design Come? Your business case for investing in design will include both qualitative and quantitative evidence. And this blog focuses on the economics of innovation, so we won't spend too much time on the qualitative arguments, like case studies, war stories, and theoretical arguments. Instead, the focus is on ways that you can make a compelling financial and economic business case for design. That said, you'll still need to balance both by including examples along with your analysis. It's a great post back from 2007 by Brian Gillespie, who just attended the DMI or Design Management Institute's conference, Improving and Measuring Design's Role in Business Performance. So that was a hot topic back in 2009, and at that conference they cried out for more case studies and more qualitative and quantitative examples. In short, he wanted to see more effort into put into articulating the role of design in one, influencing purchase decisions, two, enabling strategy in new markets, three, enabling product and service innovation, four, reputation, brand awareness and general awareness of the business, five, time to market and process improvement, six, customer experiences, seven, cost savings and ROI, eight, developing communities of customers, and nine, the good design is good for all, so a triple bottom line accounting for social, environmental, and business impact. Since 2007, a lot of evidence has emerged on each of these, and we will be reviewing them in turn over the next couple of weeks, and including a few new areas where design can also add value. And that's the end of that article. And that's really interesting, because I think those general areas that were laid out in 2007, and that I was touching on 2009, I think looking back in 2016, those still hold true as well. I think um, the impact of design and design thinking across business and technology and branding and marketing and the kind of overlap and across uh, design as a multidisciplinary topic, I think that's become very normalized since then. But um, and certainly since 2007, but even since 2009, I think that change has really come about through the lean startup movement and the kind of expansion of the um, awareness of the role of entrepreneurship in startups because in that environment, um, there's no such thing as being cross-functional in a technical sense because everyone is doing all the things all the time because you just have to to make the business happen. So you end up being cross-functional automatically um, rather than necessarily having to force it. And I think that's uh, some of those mindsets have been brought back into businesses as well, which is really interesting. So I think um, just looking back, those two um, blog posts from 2009 still stack up reasonably well. They're interesting. Um, I think the the 
cynicism that business people feel towards designers has dissipated a little, but it's still there. So I think it's still important for um, people that are interested in innovation and design thinking to be able to articulate the value of what we do in business terms. So um, so that's it for episode number three. Um, for episode number four, I'll be jumping a little bit further ahead, so we might get into a few more topics. Um, uh, in terms of articles from the blog and if there are other things that you want to hear about in terms of other topics or areas that you want me to cover interesting case studies or examples um, and I'm also going to be starting to look at interviewing interesting people from around New York, London and uh, New Zealand and the different startup scenes and the kind of design digital marketing um, and even ad agency and design firms um, in each of those three spaces then um, yeah let me know if you're interested in being part of the podcast uh, let me know if you would if you have any feedback questions um, you can reach me on at Peter J Thompson on Twitter or Peter at Peter J Thompson.com have a good one